Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with EXP. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent, this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Hub. So anyway, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. For those of you who are not new, and because none of you are, I don't think, uh, I'd love your cameras to be turned on for this. Um, okay, you guys. So I want to talk about the market crash. Market crash. I laugh just because like, like I, I, uh, I, I hear this a lot. I still hear it with people. I mean, we make uh, Shane makes about uh, 250 to 300 calls a week right now. Um, and we're hearing this a lot. We're hearing a lot of people that are talking about the market crashing still. So um, I wanted to go over like a few stats. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit something local, local to kind of Washington. So I want you to try to find these same stats that are in your area for those of you who are not in Washington, because I know not all, I only a few of you are. So um, but I have stats that are local and I'm going to like these are the same stats that you can look at for your local business. So just know, like when I talk about some of the stats are national level. But a lot of them are some of them are also local just because obviously it's easier for me to pull pull local stats. So um, you guys, how many of you believe that we have a housing shortage? Yes. Okay. How many do you guys know how many houses like if we were like if nothing changed it, if nothing changed, do you know how long it would take to catch up on the current demand for housing? Five years, nine years. Nine years, nine, nine years. years nationwide. We have a housing shortage of 4.6 million homes in the nation. So there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of things that have caused where we are today, right? So let's just, I have some slides, but like this is a really open conversation, right? So, so a lot of things that have happened today. Let's go back to 2020. Okay, what happened in 2020? Pandemic. Yeah, what happened with the pandemic? What, what did that cause? We shut down the economy, big mistake. Caused, yeah, and it caused supply chain shortages. It caused labor shortages. It made it so it was easier for people to not work than to work, right? So then when like we came back to having a lot of industries, like restaurant industry is a huge industry that's been affected by this. Like it was easier for them not to work. They got paid more not to work. So when they came back to work, all of a sudden the talent pool was limited. They didn't want to work. People were short staffed. So now we're like, you know, on this, this train, right? That just goes back to one industry. In the um, housing industry, we had so many things that were affecting our, our industry. Okay. First of all, let's talk about the fact that price of lumber went up. Okay. We couldn't get metal, right? What else couldn't we get? People to do the work. People to do the work. People to do the work, right? And now, 
let's like, here we are, let's fast forward. Here we are. We're in 2023, right? The pandemic is officially over and now we're trying to recover back. Everyone's freaking out about a crash when really the reality is we're just kind of resetting, right? We all know this, but like, let's think about this for a second. If we had such a shortage of uh, lumber, metal, and like now we have all these people who now want it, do we suddenly, did that kind of, did that suddenly just appear? The commodities didn't just suddenly appear, right? The commodities now were just more backed up, okay? Now let's think about this. I'm gonna go into some of like, I'll pull up this side of the minute and then go into some of my predictions. Um, but let's think about this. So in order for a builder to build a home, what do they need? Cash. Cash? What else? Supplies. Supplies. Workers. Workers. Land. Builders yes. need land. And even if they have all that, the permit process is, well, yes. I know where I'm at, the permit process is horrible. Yes. Holy that crap. is exactly Same where it's going, Kevin. Right. Same here. So even if they have all that, you guys, so what I learned the other day was in Washington state, there is a law. It is a law that the permits need to be issued within 120 days. That's a law. Okay. But guess what's not, guess what doesn't happen. There's no accountability. So even if a builder does have cash and supplies and people, do they want to buy the land? Probably not, because guess what happens? It's just going to, they're going to buy, they're going to spend that cash or cash is going to all be tied up in that piece of land. Or in order for a, a, a builder to, to build at a massive rate, they have to have a large piece of land, right? Like I just had 32 acres on the market out here. I got so many calls from builders, but every single builder was like, well, I don't really think I want to do it because I don't want to deal with the county. Fair enough. 32 well, acres of land. Well, also too, Linnea, like I know, like there's areas here in, in in San Diego. Let's say I'll just mention Carlsbad, where my office is at. Um, let's say uh, let's say uh, Lenar wants to move in and build, you know, 300 tract homes, right? So they'll 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 buy all this acreage. However, they can only use maybe 25 percent of that because we have open space. We right. have environmental policies yep. here that there's makes it very very difficult for infill, unless you go downtown or whatever. So it's yeah. Freaking crazy. There's so. too much red tape. So builders don't want to build. So then what happens is builders are getting out of the industry. Right. So you guys, can you see this, this vicious cycle, this vicious cycle, this housing shortage that we have is a crisis. Well, you know, Linnea, the crisis yeah. stems from 2008. Yeah, I know this. We have, know we this. have accumulated yeah. that and made it worse and worse. Yep. Because in 2008 like it was it was like we we were so we were so oversupplied so they cut way back and they were never able to keep up. So it goes it's years and years and years back. So I say 9 years is what I what I found was the number of years it would take, but I don't know, I could be wrong. But I heard 9 years. But 9 years solid to to assuming there's no other people in this world who are born in the next 9 years who need houses. Right. Assuming that there's like assuming all these other factors that go into people needing houses, it was it's going to take nine years based off of today. So, you guys, this housing shortage is a legitimate crisis. So when people are talking about the housing market crashing, we just have to remember we are in a crisis. Now, there's another piece of the housing housing shortage or the housing crisis that comes into play, and that's affordability. Right here in Washington State, the affordable home in King County is $600,000. Wow. 
$600,000, that's considered an affordable home. Okay. So if you, if you cannot qualify to purchase a $600,000 home, which in reality is about $170,000 a year that you need to make if you want to put 20% down. Okay. Like, what are you going to do? So then we go to renting. Okay. But prices of rent are out of control right now too. And people don't want to rent their homes because there's too many, still too many laws protecting renters. So, so landlords just want to sell their homes or don't want to sell their homes. Right. So we have this, like, we have this issue of, of how are we going to educate our, our clients, our people, our followers about what is actually going on with the housing market right now? Because the media is always talking about, oh my God, the housing market's going to crash. Don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. That's not really the answer. And you know, something else that you didn't touch upon, Linnea, if I may say so, yeah. is, um, you know, with, with the pandemic, there was an influx, an important influx of cash. Yep in the market. So yep. you have a lot of people that stuck it under the mattress and that have the capability of spending it on real estate. It's all how we address the issue. And the other thing to that point, Adrian, is that for, and for example, here, where you see a lot where people who had the cash, that's where the markets were being highly overinflated. So let's take a look at Bellevue, Bellevue, Washington, you guys, that market drops 20% month over month, 20%. That is a crash. But that's only because Bellevue was so overinflated because people who work in Bellevue, people who come to Bellevue have cash. The houses there were going for millions of dollars over asking price, millions, not just hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. So of course that market is an overinflated market, right? So those that cash, Adrian, for the people that, people that weren't stuffing under the mattress were overinflating it to get into any house at the time. So there was like two things going on there. And that's a really, really good point. So how do we educate our our people about this how do we how do we get that message out because what i'm seeing everywhere is this market is going to crash i'm hearing i'm going to wait for the interest rates to go down well let me just tell you guys something did you know over the last hold on i have a little slide here i don't think it's actually on my slide that i wanted to share which i might get to one day uh but did you know um interest rates on average over the last 30 years was 7.87 percent that's the average 30-year fixed interest rate for the last 30 years do you know interest the interest rate, rate was 5% in 2018? Right. right. The time flies and memory dies. People tend to forget <laughs> that it was up there. Right. But like, you know, you know, the average today is like, I just had, I had the average, I think is like 6.1 or something, but I just had a lender lock a client at 5.75. So like people are saying, I'm going to wait for interest rates to go down. Okay. Well, here you are. They're going down. And I also feel that it's not that the market is crashing. Um, I tell my clients that the, the market is, the prices are not, uh, they're basically, um, you're going not into a depression, but a, a deceleration of the market, which is, I put my market, I, I slapped the coat of paint on my property, sold it 40, 50% over ask, that no longer exists. That doesn't mean that the prices are coming down. The prices, the, the properties are literally have to go on the market at fair market value, which did not happen a year ago. Agreed. The other thing is that real estate goes in a 10 year cycle, right? Anyone that's been in the business for more than more than you know 10 years can tell you this real estate is in a 10 year cycle, right? Every 10 years, the market adjusts. It always does. I've mm -hmm. been around the industry my entire life. Okay. My mom and my mom has been in the industry for 35 years. Okay. So this is like true. I can tell you this happens. So Except right when now, we go into a pandemic, Linnea. <laughs> right. Remember, Every remember 2019, we all thought the, the we thought our, I, I know here we thought there was going to be a shift because we we're hit we were hitting five percent 
interest rates, properties were on 90, 120 days on the market. I said, we, okay, we thought we were going to hit that turn. And then bam, the pandemic changed everything. Right. Well, that's a shift. It shifted. It just shifted in a different direction. <laughs> it went into a frenzy market. But reality is like, you guys, 2022 was like the market adjusting year. That was the market adjustment year. Because it did, right? Did all of your markets kind of adjust that year? Like, you know, mm -hmm. mine happens, it depended on where and when, right? But a market kind of adjusted. It went from what Adrian was saying, right? To just this like crazy madness to kind of being a little bit more normal that freaked everybody out. Like everyone just freaked out because yeah, you know, this, that's, it's normal. It's for, it's normal for a real estate market to do that. But we have to think about the fact that a lot of the people who are in the market now were not in the market 10 years ago. Millennials, you know, they're 20, what, 27 to 42, I think is the age of millennial. 10 years ago, they were, you know, 17 to, or 15 years ago, whatever. They were like 17, 12, 12 years old. I mean, you know, the millennials were, they're the ones who are in the market now. Those are the first time buyers. So they have never seen this before, right? Boomers have seen it before. Millennials are not. So we got to think about that too. That's the audience, right? But really in 2023, this is the year that the market's going to solidify. So what I actually predict is that we're going to see, we're going to see more decrease in the price of land because unless they get the permit process fixed in most states, we're still going to see the demand on, on land decrease. So I think we're going to actually see land prices decrease. I think we're going to see home prices obviously stabilize a little bit more. We're probably going to see an actual rise here in Pierce County. Uh, they are actually predicting a rise in, in, uh, in home prices of about 6%. But that's because we are actually also seeing that interest rates by the end of the year are going to be in the low fives. I just li listened to a Barry Habib thing the other day. You guys know who Barry Habib is? He's a, yeah, he's a big, he's like a, he's like a Lawrence Yoon for the lending side of the industry. So he is like, he's kind of like the, the predictor of all things rates. So he predicts that by the end of the year, we're going to be in a low, low fives. So that's what I think. I think over the next 78 years, we're still going to see those prices grow. We're just not going to see it at these, all these massively overinflated price increase or the rate of acceleration that we've seen over the last three years. It hasn't even been a rapid acceleration over the last 10 years. It's been like three years, right? It happened in 2020. That's when they really started to go crazy, right? Uh, Lawrence Yoon, Y-U-N. He is the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, Lenora. And then um, Barry Habib is the lending side of him. I don't know what his title is, but he's really like the end all be all for lending. Quick question. Are you loving this podcast? We record it live Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific on Zoom. Want to join us live? Go to agentpowerhuddle.com. Next month, we're changing the format to only release two podcast episodes per week. So if you still want the replays of the daily version, you'll need to start going to our website, agentpowerhuddle.com to hear every episode. All right, back to the show. Um, okay, so let's go in and take a look at a couple of these facts. Um, and like normal, I would present this, but I'm just going to do it like this instead. Okay, so let's take a look at a couple of the facts. So here's the deal. So if we look at, well, is this big enough? Can you guys all see this? Okay, cool. So if we look at like what we were seeing then, right? Back, if they're back in 2008, we were seeing home prices decline by about 30%. Inventory was rapidly rising. We had way too much inventory on the market, right? Unemployment was at record highs. 
and lending standards were out of were out of control. I believe me, I was a loan originator in 2000, 2006 to 2008. It was so easy to get a loan for anybody. Like I literally wrote loans for people who had like five bankruptcies, swear. Okay. Like it, it was, it was really, really, really easy to get loans. Now we're going to see some areas see a decline. Some are also going to increase. I'm going to go into that in a minute. What I call um, I don't, uh, the multiple personality markets, if you will, just because like a market is not a buyer's market. It's not a seller's market. It's really your markets are really micro markets. Right. And some markets are still seeing multiple offers and price increases. Some are not. And some are seeing price decreases. Right. We don't have enough in inventory to, to sustain today's demand. We just talked about that. We don't like literally. If, if this if this population keeps growing and people still need houses, which everyone always needs houses, we don't have enough inventory. Unemployment is at record lows, even though there's more layoffs happening right now because we're we're going to run into a recession. Like we're still at record lows compared to where we were in 2008. And how many of you would agree that lending standards are really tight now? Like they're a lot tighter, a lot tighter than they used to be. So like I said a minute ago, like if we needed um, four point, if we needed to hit all of the amount of homes that we need, uh, we need 4.16 million homes to meet the current need of, of homes. That's a, that's a lot. 428,000 less new, new homes were built from 2021 to 2022. 428,000 less than the average. So if we keep going at that rate, I don't know how we're ever going to have this 4.16 million. And this 2.9 months, this is basically basically on the Northwest MLS. So those of you who are in Washington, now you know the Northwest MLS has three, basically three months of supply, which is still really low. It's a lot more than what we had, but it's still really low. Okay. Um, so there's a few things that we just talked about a little bit a little bit ago, like lending standards are much more under control, which is why the market's not going to crash, right? People have a record high amount of equity in their homes record high. We will absolutely see foreclosures. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. We are going to see foreclosures. We are already starting to see some foreclosures because there were some people that bought their house in 2020 at this crazy high, high price. Right. And then they just took the deferral and just never made a mortgage payment. So that's going to happen. We're still, we're still going to see that. Are we going to see them at the rapid rate that we saw them back in 2008? Probably not. So um, I think I think if you were in the market in 2008 and you you were you specialized in short sales, which is what my mom did. Um, and she can say, like, she told me specifically, like, this is nothing like that. Like back then, like you had to be a short sales specialist if you wanted to. If you wanted to make it in the real estate industry, you had to specialize in short sales. OK, today, if you want to make it in the real estate industry, you need to specialize in having one specialty. Right. You need to specialize in being a prospector, expireds and physicals, whatever you want. Like you need to find that one thing, but it doesn't have to be short sales. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. OK, new builds are taking a lot longer. And we just we just just talked about why. Right. So new builds are taking a lot longer. So if all of these continue, which it's likely that they're going to like, I don't see lending standards loosening up anytime soon. Does anybody? I mean, does anybody like, okay, I mean, I think everybody disagrees. So lending standards are not going to loosen up anytime soon. People's equity position uh, will probably start to tighten up a little bit, but are they going to tighten up to the extent where it's going to cause negative equity? Likely not. Likely not. I don't see all of a sudden all the states in the country just being like, okay, let's permit your land really fast. All of a sudden, let's just get these permits through. 
like that. Let's like, you know, remove all the red tape and do new builds can start building right now. Like that's probably not going to happen either. So new builds are going to are going to continue to take longer. Okay. So if we look at the demographic of buyers, okay, just was just in this a minute ago. Look at your millennials. Your, millenn your millennials are your first-time home buyers. Sometimes they're second-time second -time home buyers. But back in 2008, the, that age was 12 to 27 years old. Today, they're 27 to 42. How many of you, I'm not trying to call anyone out for age, but how many of you would want a millennial living in your house now? I, I sure wouldn't. I wouldn't want my adult child. I don't have any kids, but I wouldn't. If I had one, I would not my adult, want my adult kid living in my house. You guys. But unless we can fix the uh, affordable housing limit being six hundred thousand dollars, okay. <laughs> so unless we can fix that, what's going to happen? There's a lot. There's a lot that could happen, right? So, but we have to remember, like the demographic of buyers that are that are here right now. They're they're you know millennials are twenty seven to forty two years old. Your Gen Xers, 43 to 58, and your baby boomers are 59 to 77. So you now have three generations of, of buyers right now. Back then, you had two generations of buyers. Okay. I mean, this is actually not 100% accurate because we have the what's the next level? Is it the silent generation that's above the baby boomers? But you know what I mean? Like, here's our, here's our age range of people. Okay. If we look at what we're seeing right now in markets, how many of you have seen multiple offers on your homes in the last six months? I have, I just got six. I just got six on one of my listings. I have another house that I have on the market. That's had, yeah, I have another house that's on the market that I've had four, four offers on. Mm -hmm. And I had one that sat on the market for uh, six months with one offer. So like, you guys, there's no, like, I firmly, I do not believe we are in a buyer's market or we are in a seller's market. I do not believe that. It really, your market is so hyper-local, which is why I go back to being a, being a specialist, not a generalist because like your market is super, super, super local. Yeah, it all depends on where you are. Yep. Because yep. we are the complete opposite of what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. We have so many houses. We have a shortage of buyers. <laughs> yeah, yep, but that's starting to increase in my area. The other thing is you guys, let's talk, let's go back to the affordability factor for a second. I just told you in King County, our affordable housing number is $600,000. That is a lot of money, okay? Even though our average price, I mean, our average price point is much higher than that. That's why they say 600,000, but it's because our average price point is in the same county as Bellevue, right? King County is, Bell Bellevue is in King County. And what I just tell you about Bellevue, it's an overinflated market. Homes are going for millions of dollars over asking price. So when they set the affordable limit, they set it based off of the average, which includes that market. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of messed up, you guys. But unless we can figure that out, unless we can figure that out, first time home buyers, unless there's options for them, they have family, they have money coming in, there's a different types of mortgages, there's something we can do, like first time home buyers might be out of the market. Yeah, we have um, our um, down payment assistant programs um, just got better. Like they, they had yep. terrible restrictions on income and now they just got better. So that's good. And the sellers are paying their closing costs. So that's good. But they just got to afford that payment. That's the Correct. top. Yeah. Cause it's like, there's, there's stuff. I like that Wendy, cause there's a lot of options, but it's like, are they able to afford it? Well, I live in the Bellevue area and I have not seen a house, a single family home for $600,000. I can tell you that. I mean, $600,000 is, you know, maybe a two bedroom, 
one bath condo or townhouse. And no, I uh, think that's a, I think that's a studio for 400 square feet in Bellevue. Exactly. <laughs> well, in Bellevue it is. Wow. It could be really old, but you'll get super, super high HOA fees. I mean, it's crazy. Um, when you start thinking about, you know, these first time home buyers here, we have a lot of technology here. So a lot of millennials make good money. So, you know, that helps, but honestly, to get into a, like a, 1200 square foot home, maybe a two bedroom, one bath, 1960s, you're looking at a million dollars, 900s. It's, it's, it's pricey as Linnea says. But the other thing I want to kind of bring up to that point is that a first time home is defined as 1400 square feet. Okay. That's a first time home, a starter home, 1400 square feet. You know how much red tape there is, at least in my area on how, on actually like building a home that small. So that's why it's hard. Like, so that goes goes back to like the builders wanting to build. There's just red tape, right? Not only does the permitting process take forever, but like in order for them to build a for an affordable house or a first time house, that's a 1,400 square foot house. But most of these uh, permits are only allowing a, a minimum of like 1,800 or more. So what do we do about that? So the reality is there is another option. I know Guild Mortgage has one. Um, the 40-year mortgage is an option for some people. It is not a qualifying mortgage. So you weren't, you're not going to find it at a lender that doesn't have portfolio products because Fannie and Freddie won't buy them because it's not a qualifying mortgage. But if you have a lender that does portfolio products, I would ask them about a four a four-year mortgage. It can save someone about 200, 250 bucks a month on you know a four hundred thousand dollar purchase price. So that's an option. And I have one lender that does it. Um, however, I have heard that um, there is there's rumor that the 40-year mortgage is actually going to be considered a qualifying mortgage toward the end of 2023. So you're, don't fear, your first-time homebuyers might have another option. Now, the next hurdle is going to be getting them over that amortized interest over all those years, because it's going to cost, that's, an, that's another 10 years, what's that, another $65,000, $70,000 in interest? But the reality of them like refinancing before 40 years is probably pretty high. So there's that, but there's just all those things to think about. Right. But that's an option. So there's options. So don't freak out. There's options. It is a little scary though. If you think about it, like if you look at these stats and you're like, Oh, like it is a little scary. So like our job as realtors is to educate. And the only reason I'm sharing this is not to bring doom and gloom to the market. Cause you know, I love real estate. I love this market, but I see this and I'm like, man, there's a lot more that I could be doing. There's a lot more that I could be doing to give back to the community in their, in regards to housing. I can make sure that I'm voting, putting the right people in place. I can make sure that I'm speaking out. I'm making make sure that I'm driving awareness, make sure that I'm educating, right? There's a lot more that I could be doing because you look at something like this and you think that people are just like, why are you freaking out? Like, it's going to be fine. The market's just resetting. Like we just started out this beginning of the conversation saying that, but there's stats showing that some people are, are nervous for a legitimate reason. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, a lot of things, a lot of times with the first time home buyers, like they're, they're opting to work and travel rather than work and rent. So, you know, their money, all their money, extra money is going on traveling versus housing because it's cheaper to travel than it is to buy a house. So, you know, there is a lot of options. There's a lot of things we need to think about for first time home buyers. Okay. So again, let's go back to housing news. We don't need to go into this too much detail, but like, you know, New construction is super slow. We're going to probably see a slowdown. In it. And I also think in a lot of areas, we're probably going to see like product style and product size 
uh, change just because like what I just told you here, at least 1400 square feet is considered a starter home. So we'll probably start to see a lot more of a, a, a change in those because right now all the new construction in my area looks like the exact same house by a different person. It's literally the exact same house by a different person. So I think we'll start to see some of that a little bit more. Um, so this is really specific to, um, you know, Washington. So if you're here, just take a screenshot of this. But uh, you guys, nationally, we saw home prices. Uh, we're going to see home prices grow uh, from uh, between 1.2 to 2.8% is my, my estimate and all the research that I found. Believe me, I'm not just making this up. I literally am researching a lot of other people and coming up with somewhat of my own opinion. Um, however, we're going to see a decline in sales, sales numbers. We, we already talked about that. Like that's going to happen. Uh, I think volume is going to go up like sales, general sales numbers, volume, because prices are going to increase, but sales transactions are going to go down because they are going to see a lot more people, um, want to not sell their house. Cause we have to go back to one thing real quick. You guys, where do we get inventory from? What are the three sources of inventory in the housing market? Resale, move up, move up and buy and 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 move up buyers and and buy down buyers and uh, um, new construction, pretty much. Resale, new construction, foreclosures. Okay, those are the, those are like the basic three areas that new the inventory comes from, right? Resale is move up and move down. New construction. We've talked about like you know foreclosures. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see some of those, but not massive. It's not gonna bring massive number letter massive levels of inventory to the market. We're not gonna see new construction bring massive levels of inventory. And then resales. People don't want to resell right now. How many of you are hearing that? I don't want to sell my house at a 3% interest rate and then buy at a 6% interest rate. Mm -hmm. So we're we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna have to work a lot harder. This is going to be a year of having to work really, really hard to actually make business happen. Because you're going to have those people who who don't want to buy and buy at a low interest rate and then run to a, a buy it. I'm sorry, sell at a low interest rate and buy at a high interest rate. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> No, because like, their payments, their payment would double. Correct. Why, even if why they have, do that? Even if they have twenty to thirty percent down, even if there's fifty percent equity in their house, why would they want to? Because the likelihood of people who refinance, because there was a refi boom over the last two years, the likelihood that your homeowners refinance is really, really, really high. Like I'm probably like a ninety-five percent chance that they refied. So why would why would they want to? Right. So there's got to, so there's really got to be that need for them to. So that piece of our inventory, we're going to see that slow down incredibly as well. So I think volume, uh, sales volume, like um, pricing is going to go up, but your transactions, transactions nationwide are going to go down for those, for that reason. Okay. So let's go into real quick. I think that we're going to see a rental market, rental market surge. You know, we're going to see prices surge and rent in the rental market as well. Um, you know, buyers that can't qualify for at a higher interest rate, they're going to be forced to rent, but rental prices are going to be high. Okay. We have a, we have a nationwide uh, vacancy rate right now of 6%, um, which is not a lot, not a lot. On average, that means 94% of the rental homes in the country are filled, are occupied. So that doesn't, I don't think that's going to cover a lot of people. So I do think that rent prices are going to surpass home prices right now. I don't think that that's the case right now. I think renting is actually a little bit cheaper than buying in a lot of cases, but I think that's going to change because um, demand, right? Demand's going to be higher. Um, this is, these are more of just different things that will affect the market, but don't, don't really have anything to do 
right now, like directly. I mean, they do, but not directly. But anyway, um, those people that were were doing remote op, remote work from home during the pandemic are now wanting these people to come back to work. People don't want to come back to work. They don't want to come back to the office. Employees have more control. So employees are going to get what they want because to get top talent now, companies have to pay a lot more money. That's what happened. That is the that is a reciprocating effect of what happened during the pandemic when people were making more money not working than they were working. So to retain top talent, you have to pay a lot of money. You know, you know, Linnea, I sort of question that lately because of the layoffs that you've seen in major companies and employers telling the, the people you either come back to work or don't come at all. Right. So I think, that, I think they're trying. My area. Yeah, I think they're trying to take control, but I also think employees, they want more money. And so employers are just saying, bye. I'd rather not have anybody than pay you more money. So I think there's a little bit, I think there's a little bit of a, of an employee struggle, like a, a power struggle, if you will. Right. But yeah, I mean, here, Amazon laid off a ton of people. You know, we saw, we saw Zillow, Redfin, Fly Homes. We've seen like some major tech companies, Microsoft did a ton of layoffs. We've seen some major tech companies do some layoffs, but the tech industry is like that also. Okay. Right. right. Just like the housing market goes up and down. Tech industry does that. There's a hiring boom, hi layoff boom. Hiring boom, layoff boom. The likelihood of those people who got laid off from Amazon or Microsoft to get rehired in the next six months is pretty high. Like, well, unless to me, the interesting struggle is that the younger generation, like the first-time home buyers, et cetera, at least what we've seen from our area, yeah. once since they didn't have to work in an office, migrated to places like Kansas City, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. et cetera, where housing prices are much more affordable. Yeah, but now what's happening is it. you're right. And actually it happened here. For here in Washington State, there was a lot more political reasons that people took off out of Washington. Okay. Um, but um, I think what's going to happen is a lot of those people who took off for one reason or another are maybe not loving that. And they're going to we're going to start want, having more people want to migrate back. Okay. okay. And I, I, I think, I think that's actually going to happen for employers as well. Like those people who took off, like it happened here, like people move from here to the east, east side of the state, right? So they can be in the sunshine of the mountains all the time. And then now those employers want them back two to three times a week. And they're like, either we do it or we don't have a job and let's see if we can try to find a new job, you know, with, and there's a lot more layoffs happening. So, you know, that, it is a lot harder to, right. even though employment rates are down, it is a lot harder to find a job. Mm -hmm. Like finding a job yeah. is probably like trying to find a house. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't have to do it. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to find a job because there we go. Um, but you guys, those are those are essentially what I think uh, is going to happen with the housing market. I do think that um, we are um, going to see, in summary, we are going to see home prices increase. We're going to see home trend number of transactions decrease at a much higher level than I think a lot of us are thinking about. I think probably a third. Like you can probably expect a third of what you what's on the market right now to not sell. That's what I think. Um, and I think interest rates are going to modify. Okay. We're probably going to see them pretty even across the board. I think, you know, by the end of the year, what I say, low fives or whatever, but, uh, it's probably going to modify pretty much throughout the year. So I don't think we're going to see too much fluctuation in interest rates. Like, I don't think we're going to see this up and down anymore, which will actually help those people get off the fence. It'll help eliminate some of that crazy, like the market's doing this sort of thing. So. There we go. That's what I got for you. So take that, take some, get, make some content from it, go out and, uh, you know, utilize that. I'll put these slides up in the Facebook group. And if you um, want to talk about this any further, I love talking about the market. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So I love stats as you guys probably figured out from last week, <laughs> like you probably figured out I'm a stats freak. I love them. So, um, you know, if you guys <clears throat> want to talk about this further, awesome. Be happy to.
question for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm new to EXP again. And uh, what Facebook group are you referring to? It's my Facebook group for this call. Let me put it in the uh, chat here. Okay. I should okay. just have this pulled up, you guys, because every time there's someone asks me every call and I always have to pull it up. I should just have it pulled up and automatically saved every time. Okay, so here you go. So I'll put these in the group there. Feel free to go grab these slides and I'll put the video up when it's done. And thank you all for being here. Okay. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.